Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Um, and it's delicious, as usual. I guess I say that every time. Uh, today is Monday, October 21st. Sorry, no podcast last Friday. Um, we headed up to Mile High Con. And I, as always, when I travel, I think I'm going to do it. And then I didn't. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe I'd grab someone at the con to do podcasts with me. And then I forget. I need to, like, make myself notes and get better about doing that. Uh, always striving, always growing. You know, I keep thinking about what I was talking about on last Thursday with defining success and defining failure and what those things mean. And... I still, I'm, I'm really into this quote right now. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. And I'm going to come back to that some today, but I feel like, um, you know, looking at, yeah, I should have done a podcast and I didn't. Well, you know, success is a progressive realization. And the con in many ways was, um, it felt, it was not a wonderful con. People are saying, oh, how was it? And that's like, how do you reply with less than enthusiasm? So I'll talk about that a bit more. But um, first of all, I have an announcement that Jeffy's first cup of coffee is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Woohoo! So this is a new thing. Uh, they just announced over the weekend. Let's see. Well, on the 20th, so so yesterday, <laughs> I'm still catching up from getting, we got back kind of late yesterday and we're tired. Uh, so the Frolic Podcast Network is a podcast community of everything romance and romance related. So there are a bunch of shows affiliated with the network. I'm looking to see if they tell us exactly how many, 13, 13 of the most popular romance-centric podcasts. I thought it was kind of funny when they asked me if I wanted to do it because I feel like I'm not necessarily romance-centric. Don't we always talk about that with like RWA and so forth? You know, does it have a central romance? And then we get into definitions of what, um, what, <laughs> sorry, I started reading some of the notes I'm supposed to talk about and that's Kiss of Death. Okay. Uh, let me see if there's anything else I'm supposed to say here. Um, these were all just suggest, suggested language. Uh, so I have stuff that I'm supposed to say at the end as part of this. But one of the great things about the Frolic Network is that we want you to add the podcast subscriptions. You can look those up at frolic, F-R-O-L-I-C dot media forward slash podcast. We don't say forward slash either anymore, do we? So anyway... All of the podcasts are listed there. And, you know, as far as centric, centric and central, you know, what does that mean? Because, you know, like in RWA for the Rita Awards, one of the things that you check is, does this have a central romance? And we get people saying, well, there were other things in the story besides romance, so therefore it wasn't a central romance. And it's like, well, central doesn't mean exclusive, uh, but I think central and centric mean different things to different people. And while I feel that I am not necessarily, um, well, they said I was plenty of romance. 
um, I always feel like I'm sort of half romance, but you know, half is enough, I guess. <laughs> I'm inside today because it's pretty cool out. It froze last night. I'm definitely heading into winter, so I'm fussing with the window, going for the optimum amount of openness. All right, I'll quit fussing with it. So, anyway, I'm very excited to be part of the Frolic Network. That was something that I alluded to previously. Um, I'm excited because there are some great podcasts in the group. I need to check out more. But uh, Leslie Penelope's podcast is in there. So I'm very, very pleased to be a part of that conversation, you know. All right, Isabel wants in. Where are you? Come on. <laughs> uh-huh. She has to do the squeak like she was somehow affronted, even though she was the one who wanted out and let her in fast enough. So, Mile High Con, science fiction and fantasy convention, I went to it a couple of years ago. I think I think there's been two years that I didn't go. Um, and I went this year... Partly so I could see the family. I'm going to see stepdaughter Lauren and her husband Damien and adorable grandchildren Tobiah and Arrow. Arrow's birthday is coming up this week, so we took her her birthday presents, and it was really fun to be able to give her her birthday presents in person. We don't always get to do that. I spent some time hanging out with them. So it's a good reason to go up to Denver. Um which is my hometown. And it's funny to go visit because Denver has grown and changed so much that it really just doesn't feel all that much like my hometown anymore. Um, And I don't know, you know, it's funny being at a con like that at this stage in my career because I feel like, I, I feel like I'm in this perpetual state of no one knowing who I am. And I was on panels with people who are, were fairly new writers, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it, it's hard to deal with the, the tiering and hierarchy at some of these things, you know, because you have like the guests of honor and they are, you know, they get a lot of attention And then there are the people who have been like previous guests of honor or authors who have been around for a long time. And I feel like, you know, with my cross-genre ways, I am still kind of um, not very well known in certain circles. And so I, you know, didn't really have people who seemed like they were my fans and... I don't need that necessarily, but it's funny because it's very easy, I think, to feel like, and this is still hooking back to that same conversation, to feel like a failure, right? You know, where you're thinking, oh, nobody, nobody wants me to sign books and nobody really seems to know who I am. Um, To me, this was a big sign is that I was put on panels that really have nothing to do with what I write. Um, and, 
and it's kind of a, it's a funny thing about reader or fan driven conventions is they don't always seem to realize that the main reason authors go to conventions is to get new readers. And so you want to be on panels where you get to talk about your books and you get to tell people about the books you write. And so if you're not on panels or events that exhibit what you write, it begins to feel like a waste of time. Uh, an example of this is that I was on a panel that was about comic books and mythology. And I don't, my work doesn't have anything to do with comic books. And, you know, and of course, everybody was very gracious to me. And they said, oh, yeah, but, you know, you do mythology. And it's like, yeah, I make up religions from my books. And so I could talk about that some, but the core of the people attending that panel wanted to talk about comic books and superheroes and so forth. And, you know, so then I feel like if I start trying to direct the conversation to things that are about me and my books, I feel like I'm trying to hijack the panel and that's, that's not fair. So there were, it, it kind of felt like that overall at the convention. And I know that what happens is, you know, they, they ask authors to tick off a list of interests. And, but what happens is, is if the person who is putting together the panels is completely unfamiliar with your books or work, then they don't, you know, they say, oh, well, they like mythology, so I'll put them on a mythology panel. Um, so, so that's how it goes. And, and I know some of this is because I'm cross-genre. I'm still not that well-known in science fiction and fantasy circles, which can be frustrating for me, and it's tempting to regard that as being a failure. Um, I can look at someone like Marie Brennan, who was one of the guests of honor, you know, and say, hey, how come, why am I not her? What have I not done to be her? And of course, we can always talk about that. Comparisons are invidious. You, you know, you cannot compare your career to someone else's career. Except in terms of, this is my big exception. It's like, what do I need to do to have that kind of attention, that kind of notice, you know, and sometimes you can't, some of it's beyond your control, but sorry, I'm messing with things this morning, aren't I? I'm feeling like I need to organize. That's probably what I'm a reflection of that. So, but it was really helpful for me to remind myself of that when I was feeling like, okay, I am not the success that I want to be. I'm not where I want to be in this particular arena. You know, what I'm not, I don't have the reputation in science fiction and fantasy that I would like to have. And so while it's tempting to feel glum about that or feel like I'm a failure, instead I was reminding myself of that quote that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or goal. And so even by being there, I was making an incremental amount of progress towards that goal. So, you know, it's, it's just an, an ever-growing, ever-changing thing. Now, I will say that 
I probably won't go back next year. Uh, it was really great to hang out with some of the people I saw. Um, J.L. Forrest, who runs the Denver Science Fiction and Fantasy Reading Series, which is a Cephalus-sponsored series. It was great to see him. Uh, it was great to see Nathan Lowell, who is CFO on the Cephal board with me, and also Jonathan Brazy, who is uh, in charge of our uh, education, Cephal's nascent education efforts. There was a CEFWA meeting, and so I got to speak to the group as director at large, as director at large, and I always make the joke as opposed to dog at large, which I think almost nobody gets. But when we lived in Wyoming, and I, we had a border collie that was an escape artist, and we were always getting having to pay fines. Oh my God, like fifty, seventy-five dollar fines every time she'd get out, and the it was for having a dog at large. Dog. At so I'm a director at large, but you do not have to pay fines for me. Um, so it was good. It was good to be able to talk to the group. Uh, I've thought about, I should just go up and, you know, go to the CEFWA meeting and not attend the conference. It's, but they do caught my registration. And I appreciate that about Mile High Con, that they caught my registration. Um, but, you know, otherwise it's expensive. You know, you have to drive up there and we paid for a night of hotel. And, geez, I, my glass of wine and the bar, I had a glass of rosé and it was $19. <laughs> you know, and you hate to penny pinch too much, but, geez. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I hope my investment worked out on this sort of thing. So, I mean, choosing conferences is always difficult. And I've scaled way back on conferences and I kind of miss it, but at the same time, you know, I really want to go to those things where they've invited me and where people actually care that I'm there. I mean, Mile High Con invited me technically, but it's partly just because I'm on their list of regional authors. You know, I, I want to go to the ones where they invite me enough to at least pay for some of my expenses, and I don't know that they... Demonstrate that they actually in, are interested in what I write. You know, like none of the con staff seem to even know what I write. You know, which is fine. I don't expect everybody to read my books, but um, who knows? Progressive realization, right? I did have um, at the mass autographing, which was not very mass at all. <laughs> uh, it was pretty dead. But a gal came up to my table and was talking to me about Orca Throne. And she said that with that book, that was the first time that I had turned up on her Amazon. Uh, so, you know, that's good. That's good. I think I'm reaching a different audience with this book and with this series. And so we are progressively realizing things, right? And And I do know, and I have to remind myself of this also, that if I wanted, say... Marie Brennan's career, then I could be not writing cross-genre. And I have chosen to be stubborn about that and stick with my voice and with who I am and with what I love. And that, that does come with a price. And there are certainly plenty of authors. I mean, I know, you know, there was one at that conference who I know used to write romance and she stopped because she wanted to take be taken seriously as a fantasy author 
you know, and there are just some things where it's like, uh, I just don't want to capitulate to that degree. And, you know, maybe that's not a productive sort of stubbornness on my part, but I do think it's really important that we, um, you know, being authentic, being authentic to our own voices and to ourselves. That's not to say that somebody can't change genres and be authentic with it, but, you know, it comes back to that thing where there are easier ways to make a living. And if you don't care about what kind of story you write, then, you know, go, go just get a job. (laughs) It would be much easier. So, so those are my thoughts for the day. I think on Lyle Haikon, I'm trying to think if there was anything else significant to say. Um, It was good to see the family. Very good to hang out with the grandkids. Um, David and I had a nice drive up there. David got to meet some people that he hadn't met before that hadn't met him because he's not always along. Oh, and shoot, I forgot that (laughs) I'm cheating and I am substituting this podcast uh, for my blog yesterday on the SFF7. I got all distracted by Frolic. So I didn't put up a post yesterday because we were busy driving back and all of that. And this week's topic at the SFF7 is uh, care and feeding of the writer in your life, which is really not my favorite kind of topic. Um, Because, you know, it's like you don't really see people saying things, making lists of, you know, like how to take care of the banker in your life or how to, you know, the care and feeding of the grocery store checker in your life. I don't really like stuff that dramatizes being a writer, um, like we require special handling. I think that kind of goes along with the idea that um, artists are somehow slightly crazy or that creativity requires a certain amount of instability, Um, you know, like that we have to be somehow cared for and fed, right? Um, and maybe part of it's because I'm a woman. It seems like a whole lot of the people in history who have been terribly dramatic. Well, no, that's not true. I'm going to, I'm totally going to reel that back. Cause you know, like you have your Anne Sexton's and your Emily Dickinson's who were, you know, certainly crazy and bizarre in their own ways. But I think that you can be a writer and not require that your loved ones handle you in a special way. Um, you know, and maybe it's sometimes a challenge to balance that, to balance being creative and being consumed with the book and also um, keeping the house relatively clean and contributing to regular chores like paying bills and cooking dinner. It was nice having David with me at the conference because he's very supportive, you know, and he does things like reminds me to take pictures with people. 
And so that's that's really awesome having him along. And that's what reminded me that I was supposed to talk about this topic because I'm going to cross-post this instead of doing a blog post on it, um, which I haven't done before on this FF7, but I might do this more often. <laughs> it's a nice little cheat. Hope you guys don't mind. Um, so, yeah, you know, care and feeding of the writer in your life, I think we're all supposed to sort of care and feed each other, care for and feed each other, right? And, yeah, yeah, I guess I don't have much more to say about it than that. So, I am going to go back to work here. It's good to get back to writing the book. And thank you all for being here with me today. And I'm supposed to tell you that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. And you find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And that link will be in the show notes too. So I hope you all have a wonderful Monday and a kick-ass week coming up. Remember to success, that progressive realization, right? You all take care. Bye-bye.